Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, highlighting the latest construction technology and trends to drive your business forward. Coming up in March of 2020, ConExpo ConAg is North America's largest construction trade show. We bring you expert advice from your favorite brands, startups, and industry peers. And for even more news, sign up for our weekly 365 e-newsletter at conexpoconag.com slash subscribe. We've got another great guest on the show today, so let's dig in. Welcome to Con Expo Con Ag Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. This episode is brought to you by the International Construction and Utility Equipment Exposition. Utility professionals, do you want to make your operations better, faster, and safer? Join your peers at IQ, North America's largest utility and construction trade show, to discover and demo the latest equipment and products from top manufacturers. October 1st through 3rd in Louisville, Kentucky. Learn more at icuee.com slash utility. And now for today's episode, we are going to talk all about safety. Most equipment companies can agree safety is perhaps one of the most important factors on job sites across the country. Now here's the good news. Technology can help improve safety on projects. We will dig into this a little more on today's podcast. For instance, telematics can help a construction company become a safer place and more compliant. It can provide data and insights about vehicle diagnostics and driver behavior. The bottom line is to give us the information we need to operate our job sites as safely as possible. Even more, the use of this technology is projected to grow through the next few years. In fact, Market Research Future predicts the global telematics market will expand 20% between 2017 and 2023. As always, we have a great guest who's going to dive into this topic with us today a little bit deeper. Please welcome Fred Fakama, Vice President of Compliance at Zonar. Fred, welcome to the show. Well, hey, thanks, Peggy. Thanks for having us so, Fred, we have a lot to talk about. You know, there's been a whole lot happening, and you've been knee-deep in all of these ELD mandates, and you know the telematics industry is a great one. We've been talking about ELD for quite some time, but I thought before we even start talking about that, let's really talk about what are the top areas that telematics can help a construction fleet become safer and more compliant. You really talked about it episode of the show. Is it's really about safety. It comes down to that and vehicle and equipment monitoring and vehicle maintenance for sure. Um, telematics to be used for inspections, uh, particular verified inspections where it ties into all these because of the accountability, streamlined use, so you're not using paper anymore, so it's that much more effective. Um, and there's a digital record that can be integrated into the maintenance systems. So telematics isn't only about you know, where the vehicle is, it's certainly about doing more um, and doing those inspections that are required by OSHA regulations as well. And it seems to me that as we look at all these things, there's a lot to overcome, right? And I think that's, I think, something that a lot of people need to think about. And I think if we look into that, there's a lot of barriers to adoption today. Would you agree? Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of old equipment out there that doesn't have the modern systems that you can just plug into and get the data. You know, so there's also that standard resistance uh, to change when you have to learn new tools and how to operate them and 
thinking that it's probably Big Brother watching you, where really it's not. It's to the benefit of the company and to the operator. I always like it to, uh, when I was in law enforcement years ago, when we first came out with cameras and patrol cars, officers didn't want anything to do with that. But the first minute it saved someone's butt, they're right there wanting the next one. So, and it's the same thing today with telematics. There's so much information that is right at the tip of the fingers for equipment managers, for operators, and then for the owners as well to know and to be able to manage and extrapolate all that data to help be more efficient and, and certainly help the equipment when it comes down to you know, meter data or runtime or fluid levels or when things need to change. There's a lot of that can that can happen. And we really see it um, stronger right now, I think, in the telematics industry because of the ISO standard from AEM and AEMP. Um, so each individual customer can get their data from their OEM, but now you have many sources of data coming in where a third party can take all that data and put it in one platform so those managers can utilize that at real time. And when you just talk about that AMP and those standards are really making a difference when you have communities coming together and all agreeing on what an industry needs to do to be more compliant, right? Absolutely. I mean, imagine that. The OEMs came together and agreed on how they're going to use the same language, if you will, for all those values that, that their customers need and make it available. They agreed to do that, and there's there's those points that um, they do for each one of those customers so they can manage their equipment even much better. So let's talk about these things that come into play when we have like these pre- and post-trip inspections now because I think that's when we get into compliance and we look at telematics within the construction industry, that's really where I think a lot of people sometimes get tripped up, and I think in a lot of cases they shouldn't because it's really not as difficult when you follow the rules and you follow the compliance inspections that you have to because there's really a lot of things now that you can do in telematics that we didn't have a few years ago, but we really do now that make it a lot easier to follow the regulations and to make it easier and to follow specifically what you have to do. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if you do follow the rules, you'll be a, a company. Um, there's so many folks out there that for the longest time try to spend their time trying to get around those rules when, it, when it's easier and more cost-effective just to follow those. I mean, a walk-around inspection of every piece of equipment prior to utilizing it, you know, making those checkpoints on every lift that needs to occur, and then actually have that data sent electronically to the back office, integrate into your maintenance software, so you know exactly when things need to be updated, when they're not, the utilization of that equipment, everything's right at the fingertips. And I think there for a little while, the construction space kind of got inundated with the terminology of telematics. And so it kind of almost became a bad word a little bit just because it was such the start of the boom when it occurred that some of the folks kind of withdrew from it. But I think it's such a popular thing right now and it's so effective to utilize for your entire fleet. And that's an interesting point because now if you really leverage all of these real-time insights that we have right now for safety and compliance, it's really almost like, I don't want to say a click of a button, but it can be almost that easy because the technology is there, whether you're using a handheld device or you're using something more fleet optimized, it's really that easy to do route optimization and vehicle tracking, asset optimization, utilization, 
all of those tools are right there today. Exactly. You know when the equipment is due for maintenance, based on the runtime, fuel levels. You know exactly where your equipment is, who's operating the equipment. You can even know if that operator is trained to operate that equipment. You know, so setting all those systems up and in place to be even more effective, certainly utilizing that up-to-date data for your JSAs or your safety briefings or your lunchbox briefings, whatever you call it in your organization. You know, you have all that data right there. You know how long that equipment's been around for that day or if that operator has had too much time. You know, we offer a system uh, where a manager could actually look at their iPhone or, or their their personal device and know where all their equipment is on a, on a map and, and be able to figure out how it's best to utilize or move one piece of equipment to another. You know, there's, there's so much of that. And then you have the highway equipment that's subject to hours of service regulations that, you know, obviously the ELD a mandate impacts, and so that telematic data is broader than just getting something off a piece of yellow iron that goes across the spectrum. Now, I'm a big digital fan. I think things are intuitive, they become easier to use, but let me ask you candidly, is a digital record really truly helping with audits? I mean, are you finding fleets saying, yeah, it does, or are they still struggling with it? What, what's your thoughts? You know, it's interesting because when Zona first started, we had that electronic verified inspection report, which we still have, and that made it so simple during an audit for just those pre- and post-trip inspections, having everything right at your fingertips, not only as a manager, but also as an auditor. And now today, yes, from what I even hear from state and federal auditors, is it makes it so much more efficient that a, a two-week audit can now take two to two days or three days because it's right there at your fingertips. It can be well-organized. When they ask you for which vehicles they want, which drivers they want, you can pull that data immediately for them. And in fact, you could actually send it to them. And ELB is going to kind of do that too for hours of service audits. When you do those uh, focus audits on the specific um, bucket that they're looking at, hours of service you can do, do uh, remotely because you can have the person's log sent to your computer, you know, and, and do those audits from that standpoint. So yes, and I know FMCSA is planning on more audits. And, you know, I'm sure OSHA is doing the exact same thing because it's right there at your fingertips. Now, C.J. Driscoll and Associates reports about 13 million wireless devices are used to monitor fleet vehicles and drivers today. In fact, they say by 2022, this market will expand to more than 20 million units. That's pretty incredible. Are are we really going to see that kind of thing when we look at the market? I think so. I think, you know... When you talk about it, you talk about, you know, those light-duty, medium-duty, heavy-duty trucks, and then you roll that into the construction space where we have all the different assets, you know, from rollers to pavers to to dozers to uh, lifts to cranes to, to whatever, and, you know, you can use telematics for all that. All that data is so available. And then think about actually utilizing that data and maybe drones for a work site safety and what can be done with all those connected vehicles on one site um, to ensure the safety, not only those working at the work site, but those trans- transferring equipment back and forth. So when we look at things like this, how does, if we're looking at this, a paper subject to mistakes or manipulation, is that what we're talking about? Is that really... Do we see that today when you're overall looking at that? Is that something we have to worry about? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, a a mistake uh, on how somebody writes or a real prime example 
is four hours of service. When you look at the industry on how they respond to the ELD pandemic, uh, yesterday FMCSA was speaking at a conference on that this week, uh, where 99% of those that are required are compliant to the ELD mandate. And the other thing that happened has HOS violation rates are going down across the board by 52%. Well, what those violations are that are going down is those that are written for form manner on a paper logbook, and the driver won't fill out a paper logbook correctly. So when stopped by roadside uh, by enforcement, they look at it and they slide them for form manner. Well, now that's all done electronically, so there's no errors on the paper. So all those violations have been cut in half. So that's pretty significant just from an administrative standpoint. Hopefully that's going to play over in the safety standpoint as far as uh, reducing collisions on the roadways. So let's go back just a little bit because I think this will be interesting for someone who's still trying to get their arms. And I think by now everybody has to know it. But let's go through the history a little bit. We know that back in December 16, 2015, the final ELD rule was published. And I know there's probably not a whole lot of people who know this better than you. Talk about how phase one started, and that was the two-year period following the publication of the ELD mandate rule, and really what that was. And walk us through that for anybody who says, okay, help me know, because we know phase three is the end of this year, if I'm correct, right? Walk us through a little bit of that. You are absolutely correct. Yeah, so phase one, when the rule came out, basically it kind of gave the, the starting gate gun for everybody to be ready, set, go. And that was for ELD vendors to get self-registered. And all that means is that they go onto the website of FCSA and they say, yes, my product meets the requirements that it stands fast in this rule. There's no testing done by FMCSA. It's just the vendor saying that they are self-certified. So now you have that product out there. So the, the phase one was you can buy ELD product or you can continue to run your automatic onboard recording device, AOBRD, for the next two years, or the grandfathered in, or you can continue to use your logging software, which is not connected to the vehicle, or you can continue to use paper, but we we really urge you to move over to ELDs. So it gave everybody two years to do that. Until this last December, that's when the phase two started. And that was where everybody either had to be on an ELD or an AOBRD. There was no, there's no electronic logging software. There was no paper. Everybody had to be on an electronic logging device um, or an AOBRD. And now you roll into this coming December, all those that are on AOBRD have to now migrate off of AOBRD onto ELD. So by December 16th of this year, everybody has to be on an electronic logging device unless you're exempt from that rule. So how would you say now, how has the industry responded looking at phase one, phase two, and now phase three overall? The industry has really responded well. I mean, there's really a, a big concern about um, who's going to push it to the limits and, and uh, you know, we're going to have drivers walk away because they don't want to do that. Uh, we haven't seen that. In fact, driver retention has gone up. But um, yesterday it was mentioned here that it's a 99% rate of uh, uh, compliance for the electronic mandate. So um, I think the industry has done well. It's a big game changer, though. It's a big disruptor this year with those on AOBRD moving to ELD. All those early 
large truck carriers that are moving over their, their, their legacy. They've been doing it since 1988. So moving them over to ELD is really going to have a large impact on the industry and the transportation side of things as well. So are you pretty much saying most are complying right now? That's what we're really seeing. It's, it's a really great opportunity for many to really understand that they're, uh, they're learning things about speeding, hard braking, engine idling alerts, you know, driving efficiency. A lot of things are coming out that maybe they didn't. So by complying, a lot of other things they're learning about themselves as well, I would say. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So what ELD has done is really opened up that telematics world for everybody. Um, and, and, you know, so, yes, you're going to collect your hours of service electronically, but now you can do your inspections electronically. You can hook up cameras for front-facing to see how they're driving. You can get speed reports, seatbelt reports, um, you know, how you utilize the yard moves, how you utilize personal conveyance for your vehicle. All that is really at the tip of fingers, and it makes it that much simpler. Um, so it's just not an ELD. You want to use it to optimize your entire fleet. Just don't do it for hours of service, do it for everything else. And in the construction space, what we have is customers and uh, really looking at their entire fleet. What really needs the ELD? What doesn't? What do we want to put other technology on to really um, make them get the bang for our buck when we're, we're uh, outfitting our entire fleet? So what should, I mean, we've, we've just talked about a lot of things, but what really should a construction companies, fleets, there's a whole lot of things happening in the space, and we're, we're seeing a lot of dramatic changes as a result of telematics. Look for when investing in, like, these telematic solutions, because it seems like we just talked a lot about them, but you're, you're getting a lot of great information that you never had before, and there's a downside. You're getting maybe too much that you don't know what to do with, you're following regulations, but you got to balance a little bit of both, I think, when you're collecting all of this. So is there a way of knowing how to juggle what you have to do for government, you know, what you've got to do for the mandate, but is also with knowing how to manage all this data that's coming in? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Peggy, because I tell you what, we have customers that say, hey, I want to be notified, I want alerts, I want to know everything that's going on in my fleet. You know, three days later, they've been inundated with teams and emails and texts on, on their entire fleet. They, okay, slow the data down. I don't need to know absolutely everything. I only need to know those things that are important to me. So I think what the, those those need to do is sit down and say, okay, what are my pain points? How can I address uh, that pain point through technology to make it that much simpler and that much easier? Because what we do in telematic can address all those pain points. And then is it a portable product? Does it fit into what we do as an organization and how we respond to the needs of our customers as well? And, you know, take those. Um, you know, Zonar has some plug-and-play offerings. Other competitors do as well. Is that what you're looking for, or is it a hard mount on those really highway vehicles that you've identified with the other ones? You know, you can utilize in a different manner. So really laying that out and understanding what is off out there to make you more efficient, there's things that people don't know that we can offer them. And so ask those questions and, and certainly share those pain points that you're trying to solve. Is that what's going to happen to really make this fleet market and telematics market grow will be not only what's happening, but in the future we're going to see a lot more partnerships and be able to see, because you're going to have to connect this with a lot of other systems. I mean, we're talking about interoperability, 
because there's just so much information you now can gather as we talk about connectivity and 5G and, and knowing so much about your assets that that's going to be overwhelming for the construction space, but yet you're going to want to get the most out of all your assets. That's going to be the key with all of this, right? Absolutely. It is the key. You know, to be in the most efficient, to utilize that equipment in the most efficient manner, you know, and, and that that is understanding where your equipment is, too, so you don't have to move it from one area to another when you know that there is a piece of equipment that can do the job right. So, yes, having real-time information at your fingertips to make that real-time decision, I think, is vital. And you're right, you know, uh, the ELD mandate is, a, is a, a great example. There's over 400 devices listed on the self-certification list of FMCSA. 400. You know, um, two, two, three years ago, there was only about 14 or 15 of us that were offering electronic hours of service. Now you have over 400 devices out there. A lot of those companies are being bought by bigger companies. So you see a lot of merging and acquisitions taking place. You see a lot of different partners taking place, uh, um, partnerships to make it that much more effective for, for the customer as a whole. And, uh, and we partner with so many different third parties to bring whatever resources available to make it effective. Is there some piece of advice, Fred, that you would give the market to overall to say, here's what I would suggest when you're first getting into it or as you continue to grow, that you would tell somebody listening today and say, here's what I think you want to consider? You know, it, it's really about doing your due diligence. Know what the requirements are. Know that when you're trying to meet those regulations, there's a way to do it and you do it efficiently. But then you take that, such as a, a pre-trip, you know, um, when you do an, a, a verified inspection and you know that the inspection has been done and done in, you know, maybe 15 minutes and done right, not only do you have that uh, uh, mind-safe uh, uh, feeling uh, that it's done right, you know, you, you you have all that data right at your fingertips. And, and that's just one pre- and post-trip inspection. I mean, when you expand that to, to what is available out there, um, certainly know what you need. Um, I think the biggest thing when I sit down with customers and we evaluate the fleet and, and what type of equipment they want on a particular fleet, it's really what what's the best optimize that operation. Uh, one, what's required by regulation, and then two, what will really save you money and drive that ROI for having that equipment installed. And, and that's, that's I think, is the biggest driver for uh, equipment managers. Well, Fred Fakuma, Vice President of Compliance at Zonar, thank you so much for spending time with us. Is there a place that listeners should go uh, for this podcast to learn more about the ELD mandate and anything they haven't complied before the end of the year? Yeah, they can actually go to zonarsystems.com and, and uh, look at ELD experts. My whole team is listed on there. We have a ton of information that's available for anybody. The other site that I'd recommend is FMCSA. Just Google FMCSA. Go to their ELD website. There's FAQs that are listed there. There's checklists listed there. A lot of great information on FMCSA's website. Well, thank you again. Hopefully, everyone's learned uh, something about the role of telematics on the job site and how it can help create a safer construction operation. And as we've learned, you know, inspections play a role in compliance, 
real-time insights can play a role in compliance and everything else with, you know, in improving safety and digital records can help with audits. Also, you know, we've given you a few tips on what to look for when investing in telematic solutions. So thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. And that's going to wrap up this edition of ConExpo ConAg Radio. If you like the show and think other people should listen too, make sure to subscribe and maybe leave a review on iTunes. We'll be back next time with another great guest. Until that time, be sure to visit conexpoconag.com slash subscribe to sign up for our weekly e-newsletter. More than 30,000 other construction industry pros are already receiving news and insights to move their business forward.